0: This is No Ball Podcast, a podcast where I, Scott Hill, alongside my good friend, Ben Stacy, chat all things Premier and Champions League football. While we may not be experts, we do certainly know ball. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, one and all, to another episode of No Ball Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 13. We are well within the 2022-23 Premier League season. We have some fixtures to wrap up for you. A couple more transfers to go over as we approach the final day of the window. And then uh, week four slate to look – or week five slate to look at going into the midweek fixtures this week. Uh, Benjamin, though, I'm wondering how you're doing.
1: Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, Another – and so far we're wrapping it up with Tottenham right now. Um. But yeah, just another great week. Uh, some more storylines, not as um, not as crazy except for the Liverpool game that was nuts. But yeah, more of a laid-back week. But um, still fun nonetheless. We still had some good games.
0: Yep, yep, that's very true. And in case you forgot it, I'm your host Scott here. That was Ben. I think we're just gonna get right into it with going over the final game from last week, which we didn't get to cover. This one's a little bit different now. Covering it just because. We've seen the bounce back a little bit, but we do need to go over the United 2-Liverpool 1 game. It was a bit of a shocker for Jurgen Klopp's men, in all honesty. One of the worst performances I've personally seen from them uh, in quite some time. However, all credit goes to Eric Ten Hag, because how you get that team from playing like they did in the 4-0 loss to Brentford the week before— and then showing up at Old Trafford and doing what they did to Liverpool, uh, I really don't know how he did it. But what did you see in this game? Did you see anything that you think I missed out on or, or anybody is sort of looking past right now? Or, or what are you thinking?
1: No, I think, I think everyone would be in agreement that the midfield of Liverpool is definitely a question mark with the injuries there and, you know, with – not rebuilding it in a sense or just like adding a new face and competition there it was definitely something that Klopp didn't think he needed to do. But I think the fans were right in that aspect for once. Usually Klopp is usually always on top of transfers and things like that and, and knows what he's doing. But I, I think this was a mistake by him and not looking to re-bolster the midfield um, with it aging and with the injury profiles that a lot of the players have. Right. Um, but I guess just in the game aspect, the like Liverpool like had major like possession and stuff like that, but I think just that whole atmosphere like of that game like it was such a big game for United and like they like showed some actual like passion and some some edge to them and you know Liverpool I think just kind of a bit just slow off the gates and it was it was going to be a hard game I think regardless of form um, you know those derby games are never. You know, it's you, you, so unpredictable. So, I think it was just a tough game to go into at, like, a weird time for both teams. And, I mean, there had to be a winner and a loser. So, it just happened to be United this time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. It just – you could tell from minute one that Liverpool were just not in it to win it, unfortunately. I think – I do think that there's a fair bit of, of leftover resentment last season, having not won either of the big two trophies. Um, and for a little bit there, it felt like this season was just an extension of last season. Like it doesn't feel like there is an actual break in the season for a lot of these players, I feel like. Yeah. And like you said, the, the midfield is a problem. I don't think they've had a senior midfield signing in like four seasons now at this point. And when you look at the injury profile, Of Tiago and you look at the injury profile of Keita, it's just at some point they needed to break. And I know the club has always been uh, we sign who we who we want to sign, like when we can sign them, not we just sign players like when we need them. And like panic buying has never been their thing, but it's not really panic buying. At this point, it almost is because Klopp has come out and said, like, I was wrong, we're gonna get a midfielder and hopefully. Yeah. So at that point, you're telling every club that you're doing business with, we have six days to negotiate like a new midfielder. So like, go ahead and just charge us as much as you want. But regardless of that, um, I will give huge credit to Ten Hag because you could tell he made a lot of tactical tweaks. And he also finally benched Harry Maguire and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think those are probably – I think that might have been the single biggest reason, just like the culture shift a little bit. Like yeah. he brought in the the new left back, Malacia. He he put up um Martial Rashford, Sancho up top at one point. I think that's their best front three. I think Ronaldo's past it at this point for them. Yeah. Just not in terms of talent, but in terms of what he brings to the team and, and the dynamic he brings.
1: Yeah. And I, I think another uh player that we kind of need to like shout out is um Alessandro Martinez. I mean, he, he was an absolute, like, just tone setter this game. Like, yeah, you know, he's got, like, um, little man syndrome, but, like, no disrespect to him. Like, yeah. he's out there with, like, a lot of heart. And, like, he was throwing his body around. And he was, quite honestly, could have been, like, man of the match if he didn't win it. I don't know who did. But he had a really good game. And that was, honestly, something he really needed. And it, it looks like the pairing of Varan and Martinez is going to be you know the foreseeable future for them so um but yeah you're you're exactly right it was a ten hog like you know culture setting kind of game like you know we're gonna get rid of the deadwood kind of to a degree and we're gonna like move forward with you know an actual plan but you know still a long season to go there's still gonna be a lot of bumps in the road but a good victory overall for united
0: yeah and like i said um This game was almost a full week ago at this point, and we've seen both teams play again, so it's a little different looking back at it retrospectively like this. Um, It could be a benefit. Like It could be a good game for both teams going forward, which is weird to talk about because it was like a bit of a wake-up call for Liverpool, and then also it was a bit of a a tone setter for the rest of the season for Man United. But we can go on to the transfers here. We do have a few more days in the transfer window. And a lot of clubs are talking about making business. Not a lot of business being done at this point. I would say the biggest signing of this last week, in my opinion, was Newcastle signing Isaac, not necessarily for the name, but for the price tag. It's like they've finally gone and splashed this money. And I think this is the first signing of many that they're going to be making over the next few seasons to try and build this team. I don't know if it'll be Eddie Howe, like, for the foreseeable future or whoever the manager is, but whoever the manager is, will be getting a lot of money to spend. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the signing though? Cause I'm a bit of a mixed bag on this one. Well, I was
1: at the start of the summer. I thought Izak was going to be Arsenal's number one um, target this summer. And that didn't end up happening. And, and looking at the price tag between Jesus and Izak, I mean, not that it, I think it was better business overall, but you know, I think, you you've said it before too like looking at the price tag is is never really just the out now thing that you should just look at there's a lot of like different kind of fees that go into it different timing in the contracts and stuff like that where like Isaac was pretty much new to Real Sociedad he was only there for a year or two on like a four year contract whereas like Jesus was finishing up like his contract at City after signing a new one a few years back so but, um, nevertheless, like he, he is a very quality player. He'll be a good number nine for them. Um, it's just we hope that it doesn't turn into another like Joel Linton situation. Thankfully, for Joel Linton, he's kind of found a new position. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at first, that was horrible, like how it started out for Newcastle. Yeah, and
0: one of the worst transfers a lot ever. Of
1: pressure on Eddie Howe now. Like he's, you know, splashed the cash now on a, on a big number nine. And, you know, we, yeah. Throw some respect on Eddie Howe's name because like, he is a very quality manager. But if Newcastle, I, I think it's you know, if above mid table or bust at this point, like they're looking for Europe. I think with this signing.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And then you factor in the signings of Nick Pope and Sven Botman. Like these are big names, and this is uh, this has been a pretty big window for them. Not probably as big as most people think when you think of their ownership and how much money they have to throw around. But I think. I think most people <clears throat> would have expected more. In my opinion though they're doing it the right way. You can't just go into a team, throw, you know, 400 million at the wall and hope to see something stick. Like they're letting Eddie Howe build a little bit which I think is key because signings aren't everything in a club, that's for sure. We we've, we've seen that over the years with teams like Everton and and United to a lesser degree, signings aren't everything and they're not going to make you, you know, title contenders at this point when you think about how good man city are and it's more of a building process and i think isaac is a great piece to build around i'm not all that sold on him the way they currently play i think this might mean like a system change or something like a like two up top i really like callum wilson so i don't know if he yeah he'll take the starting spot from him or whatever but overall this is a good signing for the magpies for sure and it, signals more to come in my opinion
1: i i just it, it's a little bit I was more – I'm not against the signing. I think it was just the last, like, three signings out of their last, like, many it seems have all been strikers. With um, They brought in Chris Wood. Um, they also signed, um, yeah, Callum Wilson like a year earlier or something like that. And now it's Izak. And, you know, with not really, like, bolstering the midfield. I mean, they brought in Gimmaras. Yeah. I just think that they're they could strengthen a little bit on the right flank, I think a little bit more. Um, they did bring in Trippier and stuff like they have made a lot of signings, but I just thought another striker number nine. I mean, it, he might help with the goal distribution. So it's not just all on Callum Wilson.
0: Yeah,
1: but, I don't know. Overall, good signing, but I, I don't I don't really have anything else to um to put into it.
0: Yeah, retrospectively, Chris Wood is looking like a bit of a bad business, not going to lie. But yeah, uh, we'll move on from Newcastle. I think the next biggest deal that looks imminent at this point is going to be Anthony to United. Um, the last time I slated United, they beat Liverpool. So I don't know if I want to slate this signing, but to <laughs> me, the biggest ever fee for an Eredivisie player, and he's never – scored above like eight goals I want to say in the league like he's not necessarily a goal scorer he's obviously one of the silkiest ballers in the world right now um a player most teams would love to have on their team just the creativity he brings the flair uh he plays footy for fun which I love to see but a hundred million for him I just I mean if he had the money splash it for sure yeah and ten hog as a boner for air division players for sure (laughs) And, I mean, if he can get the most out of him, this would be a phenomenal signing because he's a transformational type attacker. Like, I wouldn't say necessarily at this point I see him as a generational talent, but yeah. someone who could easily become world-class in the years to come. But at this point, $100 million for him, um, given everything. Like, I, it seems like they're going to be playing Rashford through the middle most of the season. Uh, Sancho outright. Uh, maybe Anthony plays out left. I don't think his preferred position is out left. Um, Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the signing? Like, do you think he's a starter? Do you think, I mean, if you're splashing that kind of cash, does he have to start, you know?
1: Yeah. I, you would have to think wouldn't you, um, I mean, there was question marks about Martial or, um, well, yeah, Martial, but, um, I meant Rashford more so like he there had the links to PSG for some time. Um, just some interesting facts about Anthony is that he didn't play the full season last year. He had some injury woes, but um, he has the same like goal to an assist ratio as like Sinistera that just signed for Leeds, um not too long ago for, I mean, even a fraction of the price. Um, but there's always going to be a, a, a prem tax. There's a, a Brazilian tax, like quite honestly. Um, but he does bring a very like interesting dynamic and he's very like, creative on the ball I, I think that he'll bring a flair but just to keep constantly signing winger after winger after winger and like have miss after miss after miss it's hard for me to like believe that this guy is like gonna be the answer for a 100 million yeah I just I, I, I will believe it until I see it but his quality is warranting of a move I just don't know if it's worth this prize
0: yeah I think like we were just talking about, uh, Ajax did not want to sell. Anthony wanted to leave, so it kind of put him in a weird spot. Yeah. And they just kept rejecting bid after bid. I, be- I think it started at 60, which to me seems a little bit more reasonable. Really? Like 60 like is still a lot. It probably would have still been the record signing in the Air Eredivisie. But for a player of that potential, 60 is usually the minimum that you start with. And then I went up to 80, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. And then they rejected 80, and then it's 90. And then it's like 96-plus bonuses, whatever. Either way, when they splashed that sort of cash on Sancho a couple transfer windows back, I understood it more just because the quality of the German leagues higher than the Eredivisie. And he also was someone who had 20 and 20. Like, that's almost unheard of. Like, 20 yeah. goals, 20 assists. Insane season. Anthony hasn't had that type of season yet. He has that type of talent but he hasn't had that type of season. And like you said, he's not all that different of a profile to what they already have. Usually if you're splashing that kind of cash, you're bringing in a proven player with, you know, a season or two of world-class ability under their belt. Yeah. That's going to add something to the team that you don't already have. And just to me, he doesn't necessarily do that. I'm not going to sit here and slate deciding and say it's bad just because of the price tag. Like if you take away the price tag, Anthony to United is a really good deal. But when you do factor in the price tag, it makes me a little bit more, you know, iffy on it, simply because now he has to produce this season and he has to start. And if he doesn't, you know, what did they spend that kind of money on him for this season when they could have probably brought him in next season for less?
1: Yeah, bring him in or just like sign other players and like more positions of like need. I mean, they did just sign Casemiro for around 60, which really helps out the midfield. But that, that midfield still, I'm not in love with it. I don't, I don't love, like, the Erickson pivot. I, it's just – and not because of, like, his quality. I, more, more so because he's just been out of the game for a while. And after joining Brentford, he looked decent. But I just don't know if he's at the same quality. And then I don't love their fullbacks. I mean, Milicere came in, but, you know, they all
0: – Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Diego Della.
1: And then, I don't know, I just think that they could have – you know, move some pieces around a little bit more, brought in hopefully a little bit more leadership, but I don't know I don't have the answers for United and I don't think 10 hog necessarily does either right now at this moment, but yeah. I would say Anthony definitely brings in a dynamic that could, could be successful.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that'll do it for that deal real quick. We can just run through Chelsea just cause they're always in the news and they they're the team that seem like they are trying to make three or four or more signings, but just nothing sticking. First off, a lot of talk about uh, Obama Yang to Chelsea to be their nine. I mean, the nine positions curse for Chelsea. I don't know if he would be that great for them. But then you throw in uh, the Fafana saga is still going on. Did I thought it was? I thought I saw a picture of him in like a Chelsea jersey from Fabrizio Romano or something. Wrapping up, it might be happening pretty soon um
1: i think by the time that maybe this releases he might be a a chelsea player
0: yeah and then you throw in anthony or anthony gordon which could be my least favorite signing of all time if it happens but uh (laughs) we'll start with obama yang just because it seems realistic i mean he is a former arsenal player for sure and it's a little weird but you know for the price, Barca need to sell some players. At least, I think I think they're looking to sell like two or three more players by the end of the window. Yeah. And Obama is definitely one that makes sense if they're going to keep Depay and Lewandowski and all that. He is still quality in the box. I don't. I think we've talked about this signing before. I'm not super sold on him being the answer for Chelsea, but I don't see any reason why he would flop as hard as Lukaku or as hard as uh, Timo Werner.
1: Yeah, I think this is. Like a panic buy in the sense of like they just need something to stick. And Obama has been proven, but the way he fell out at Arsenal, like, just doesn't sit well with me overall as like him as a player. I mean, and he's had like disciplinary issues. And like Tugel is like, if he like needs him to like perform at his highest, like he's gonna have to just allow him to kind of like do what he's like comfortable with doing as like an older, experienced player. Um, and I, I don't love it. Um, I love the Fofana deal. I think yeah. I, I think just us as like a podcast and knowing the capability of Fofana from you know two years prior, like he was he was borderline like team of the season defender. Like he was he was that good two years ago, and then the injuries kind of hit. So it make that signing makes sense the most out of all of them. But Anthony Gordon, I mean, where? where is this coming from, dude? Like, $70 Like, he hasn't... This isn't Wayne Rooney we're talking about here. Like, 16-year-old, come on at Everton, Wayne Rooney. Like, this is, like, Everton are at the lowest of lows right now. And this young guy has, like, put in some decent performances over a year and a half, maybe. But, like, he's not, like, a world beater. And I don't know what he does for this Chelsea side. I, I just... That is the most outrageous price tag, and like outrageous just rumor I've seen like all summer I feel
0: yeah, yeah, that one was a weird one, sort of out of left field, I mean he's quality he's a he's a good young English attacking winger, he's really direct, he's fast, he's uh good at winning fouls with his diving, but um you know sixty million that's just insane to me,
1: yeah. But
0: yeah, I think the main one, I think the Fafana one will go, will get over the line. I think he'll be a Chelsea player because um, Lester haven't played him the last few games. I think he's come out and said, like, he wants a he wants a new club. He wants a new Chelsea club. obviously won him. He fits the profile perfectly. I mean, he's really good in the back four, but I can imagine him being the type to step out and, like, Basically, being a, an extra midfielder and either
1: like destroyer and like he's also very great on the ball. Like, I just, I, I love, I love his tenacity and like the way he plays. And like, I, I just think him next to an experienced like back three, like Koulibaly and like Tiago, like just makes that back line so much better.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I hope that one goes over the line. I think Aubameyang is more likely. I just can't see the Anthony Gordon one. And if it does, then, you know, that's a lot of money they spent this summer on not 100% of a quality player yet. But he might turn out. You never know. Like we said, it's tough to judge these signings. But just from the outside in, not super sold on it.
1: Definitely. I uh, I haven't seen anything else. So um, I don't know if you want to move on to the week four results so far.
0: Yeah, I'm down for that. You want to – You want to go ahead and go over the Southampton zero, United one game here?
1: Yeah, sure. That was a a game I uh, actually woke up for. I was up and I decided to just tune in. I kind of wanted, I was interested to see like what Southampton had. And, um, I mean, early on, this game, it was, it was kind of a slow game so far. Like throughout the first half, there was, you know, some chances here and there. Um, there was one really good chance, I think, for United, but, um, Bella Kubchap, um, who was it? I think it was Alanga. He was like in one on one, pretty much, and the recovery speed of little Kopchap. I mean, you should have seen this guy play yesterday. He was playing very well, like man of the match, like worthy performance. He was like up on corners. He was winning every duel, and yeah. just defensively, he was tracking back super well. Um, it looks like that this guy was exactly what Southampton needed coming into their back line, um, and I I think. I was I was decently high on him. I wasn't I was like um, encouraged by the signing, but I think this guy's a lot better than what we thought he was coming in. And dude, like the, the Southampton side too, they look massive on TV. I mean Joe Rebo <laughs> and Bella chap look like absolute monsters. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I'm we gonna, were
0: just talking about it yeah. uh, before we started recording. If Armel Balotelli was English, he probably would be like forty or fifty million to yeah. Chelsea this summer. But that's how it is usually. Southampton usually are the club that gets these type of players like before they blow up, and then they end up selling them on. And like, Either way, I really wanted to see what United would do after that Liverpool game, just because coming off a game like that. It's super easy to ride that high and then just get flattened, but mm-hmm. I think they needed a result here more than uh more than anything really, I and mean, that's what they got. Um, results matter more than anything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't up for this game personally, but when you talk about it, or when you look at the advanced statistics, you look at you know expected goals, it basically went how you would think, you know like like this still is a quality team United have and then you know when you factor in the the fact that they brought on Casemiro and Ronaldo off the bench i mean that's pretty sweet when you think about it yeah but just <laughs> all in all reputation. like things are things are coming together a little bit there's still a few pieces missing i'm not i'm not on the united hype train at all right now like some people probably are but all in all that's a pretty good result in my opinion yeah. after a big game week for them
1: especially being away at southampton too um it being an away game. And it did seem like the energy was a little bit lower. And at times like Southampton did look the better side. But I I think at times, like for the first 70, 80 minutes, like pretty much United were pretty much in control for most of the game. But um, that last 10 minutes, it was concerning like that. It was kind of like the home team started like really waking up and like got a lot of chances. And it was, it was (laughs) on the ropes for United for some time. But I right. think United had the better chances overall, and then it was kind of just like home home team just had, like, the energy to try and wrap up the game. But um, a good three points overall for United to try and get back on track.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, just real quick, did you get your prediction right for that one? Did you, did you uh, call no, that? I
1: went – I had – well, okay, I got the game right, but I had 2-1 uh, United. So I, I think I had, like, I had an 80% or 70% hit this week so on my predictions but not the actual score lines
0: yeah yeah i went two one united as well so we were both we were both pretty close there yeah that'll move us to brentford everton this one didn't go how i expected really um brentford's a tough team to really judge just because on their day it seems like they're you know they can go crazy but on another day they can get walked all over but everton you know they came out this one is a little bit of a tougher one to judge just because, you know, 1-1s are always a little bit weird, especially when you throw in some late goals. But to yeah. me, Everton were not the better team on the day. I don't know if that's what you got.
1: Uh, I didn't get a chance to really watch this game. Um, wasn't really on my, my slate. And I thought this would be an easy Brentford win. It was, you know, at home. Everton's kind of been lackluster throughout the season. But Everton took an early lead from Anthony Gordon and – kind of just wrote it out, but I think just, you know, Frank got the team in at at half and then they started turning up a little bit more and they finally got their goal. And I think it just poor day for Brentford overall, but enough to get a point. Um, I thought they would win, but um, I didn't really get to see much about it. But Yeah.
0: Not a massive result, but it does look like Everton are kind of teetering towards another relegation battle at this point. I don't know where the goals are coming from, from that team. But we can just move on straight to the Southampton or wait.
1: Brighton Leeds.
0: Yeah, Brighton Leeds. Sorry about that. <clears throat> this one for me, Brighton yet again, just kind of coming out there, doing what they need to do, get three points. They have been not the most exciting team to watch, but to me, the most, you know, methodical. Like they know what they're doing when they come out there. They set up the same every week. They they listen to the manager. They put his plans into play. Uh, Leeds have been really exciting this season, and to keep a clean sheet at lead or against Leeds is a pretty good thing in my opinion. They have a lot of uh, high power attacking players. Yeah. Um, all in all, though, just Brighton looking really, really solid. I think they've only allowed one goal so far this season, which is pretty insane when you think about the fact that they didn't really splash any huge amount of money on new defenders after Ben White left. Like they just bought smart. They replaced Kukurea really well, so all in all, just Brighton. Full credit to them.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was kind of a, it was up and down for the, um, for some parts of the game, but it was like pretty much in Brighton's control the whole time. Like Brighton defensively are super hard to break down, and then they were countering the hell out of Leeds. And I mean, it easily could have been like three nil, um, but um, Milicere had two really good stops and one one one-on-one chance between uh, Sonny March and him and he had a great save um, yeah but no still like leads still like they keep fighting and like you can see like kind of the fire in like um, Jesse Marsh's like eyes sometimes when he's like trying to get his team to like you know push on and keep like pushing and they had they had a decent chance of drawing this game they've had And, like, Rodrigo always gives them a chance. Um, They missed Bamford, I think, this game. I think if they had Bamford, this game could have been a little bit different. But, I mean, Graham Potter's got this team just running on all cylinders. Yeah. This team is going to be very hard to beat. I mean, any any big six side going to Brighton is going to have trouble, I think. And, and, you know, this Brighton side will be looking to, I think, push into Europe this year after even losing, like, two of – you could say they're best players. Um, yeah. Like, this team is very good, and we'll get results week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I mean, just imagine if um, Brighton were the club that got bought out like Newcastle did and, and Grant Potter had money <laughs> yeah. at his disposal like that. Like, that would be insane. That maybe. man, one of the best managers in the league by far. Definitely. I'll stand definitely, by that. Maybe, yeah, he could be top
1: five, quite honestly. He's that good. Like, he, he could – he'd probably be five, but, like – just wow. Like, there, there's not a whole lot of, like, at the disposal that he has, like, the quality, you'd say. Like, yeah. you'd say he has probably, like, bottom half quality. But oh, he's kind of performing at, like, top top seven potential yeah. like, plays. So, yeah, no, kudos to them. Good win.
0: Yeah. Then we can get on to Chelsea 2, Leicester 1. This one was a, a bit of a crazy game, really. Leicester just continuing to struggle. Chelsea doing what they need to. They got Raheem Sterling off the mark. Uh, some drama in this game. Another red card for Chelsea this season. Uh, Connor Gallagher this time. I didn't actually see the foul. I had this game on, but I missed the red card. Did you see the red card? Was it? Warranted? Yeah, I watched
1: the highlights of this game. It wasn't like necessarily like a bad foul. The first yellow that he got was a bad foul, and then it was a break for Leicester, um, like minutes later, and like he had to bring him down. And it was, like, inside 30 minutes down the 10 men. And I, I was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna throw some money down on this game. I think Lester would win. But I, I missed that one. I, um, Chelsea still have a bunch of quality going forward and even down the 10 men at home. I mean, it, it, that team is so up and down. And, and Raheem Sterling finally scoring was huge. But um, yeah. I, shame for Connor Gallagher. I know we had a lot of, like, high expectations for him. I think as kind of, like, You know, going back to Chelsea, he had the great season at Palace, and like I'm, I'm specifically high on him. I I don't know so much if you are, but we've talked about it in in length about how he like could really be helpful to that midfield. And I think just a poor day on his part. I think you know his effort and tenacity in the midfield will definitely get him back inside of it inside like you know the starting eleven. But just a poor day at the office, and you know they still still snuck out with a win and. I don't know. Brandon Rogers, I mean, his, his seat's going to be super hot these next and coming weeks because they need some results and fast.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and then you factor in the fact that they could be losing Fafana. Uh, Telemann seems like he might be on his way out, and they have yet to make a, a big signing. Yeah. Not good days for Leicester here. As we said in the preseason, they I predicted them to have a pretty off season. We'll see what happens, though. A lot can change. As for Chelsea the last uh, little thing, I still think offensively they just struggle a lot. Like I think I want to say they had l- like five shots total or something like that. Like it was not a good number of shots and uh, some good finishing from Sterling saved them on their day, but that could have easily been a day where you know they lose that 1-0 or they draw 1-1. Like this is not a this is not super sustainable way to play and you can see why they need attackers brought in. they just don't have a focal point it feels like they don't have someone who is there all the time you know what i'm saying
1: yeah and with like it was such like a raheem sterling like brace it was a kind of deflected off the uh defender looping over um danny ward and then he had a a a simple tap in it was like a, a miscommunication on the back line and it was a simple like cross like against the box and he just slotted it home. It was such like a, it's such a Raheem Sterling day. But um, I mean, that's a huge win for Chelsea as far as going down the ten men because that that was definitely concerning at first. Yeah. Um, and it was a huge win for Tuchel because it looked like that day was going to be horrible. Definitely. Um, starting out, but yeah, I, I think they bring in Fofana. I think things start turning around.
0: Yeah, that's fair. We can move on to my personal favorite game of the week. That was (laughs) Liverpool 9, Bournemouth 0. Of course, I was tuned in for this one. Um, Woke up, saw the starting lineup was exactly, almost exactly the same as last week. Uh, No Carvalho in the starting lineup. Firmino started. I was like, God, we could be in for it, boys. But (laughs) Firmino decided that it was 2018 again um harvey elliott showed up just all around a much much needed result my hot take last week was that liverpool would put six past bournemouth and they put nine past them so i didn't hit on that but i was sort of in the right wheelhouse you know yeah, um, no, definitely. <laughs> honestly like the the scoreline was flattering for sure like some of the goals they scored were just complete flukes but anytime you put nine past any team in the premier league there's reason to celebrate um i would say the main thing is that It just felt like the tenacity was back a little bit. I think in the midweek presser, Jurgen Klopp said he wants to go back to being a team that teams hate to play against. And for the last like, I don't know, even going back into last season, the end of last season, I think due to some some fatigue, due to some injuries, like teams didn't show up at Liverpool, like being scared to play them because they knew they would typically get the first goal. Yeah. And you could tell they just came out of the blocks. Jurgen Klopp is like, score first, or I'm beating your ass, basically. Because <laughs> like, you could tell they were desperate to get the first goal this time. And, I mean, once it hit three within 30, I think Bournemouth pretty much just gave up. Um, definitely the worst team in the league, unfortunately. So it's, it's, not, it's important to not put too much into this result. But definitely a much-needed one, regardless of all of that, for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I- <clears throat> Anyone at that moment coming up against Liverpool was like going to lose that game like that. When you get like Jurgen Klopp mad, yeah, and like you know he's like proven wrong, he gets <laughs> he gets pissed off. So he um he got that team in line, and and Bournemouth were just the the sorry saps that got <laughs> Liverpool next. Yeah, what a performance it was from Liverpool, and I mean. Yeah, Bournemouth I think just solidified themselves as the worst team in the league and finishing twentieth. So I mean, they got I mean, this won't be this will probably be their worst day at the office, (laughs) but it I think it just you know, there's not much going up anymore. Like they'll they'll win a game or two, one like a few more times, but if they get above, you know, thirty points, I'd be surprised.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they look pretty well full. Um they signed that Italian center back. I like genuinely sometimes there are signings where I don't understand how promoted sides like get them to come in and play like other than money, I guess mm-hmm. like a promoted premier league side, I guess has more money than like, like a Europa league, Serie A side somehow. But just to me, I think his name's Sanessi. Like he was so highly rated all this stuff. And I'm born miss like, Hey, you want to come out here? And he's like, yeah, like, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, how does he not go to someone better? But either way, I mean, 9-0. That was really fun to watch. Somehow, Salah didn't score or assist. So, shout out to all my people who have him in their fantasy lineup. Not <laughs> a good day at the office for him. I think it was actually uh, a rating website called Who Scored? I think it was his worst ever game, like, in terms of the rating that they gave him. Wow. Um, he missed great. a couple bad chances. Didn't really do much. Luis Diaz, golden boot races is on. <laughs>
1: just, yeah, uh, you know, I, I was
0: just listening-
1: <laughs> Well, I <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, I think you might have might have called that one. But either way, it's super important they take this result. Uh, hopefully a new midfielder in uh, this week as well, and they can build on that a little bit. Um, just looking at City, I don't think they'll catch City at this point personally. I think the points they've lost already are going to be a little bit too much. But this season's been insane so far. No one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean – I'm getting pretty close to throwing Arsenal in there a little bit as well, but I won't jump the gun too hard on that. I think,
1: um, I think if they win two more games consecutively, I mean, if they win six straight, that would be nuts.
0: Yeah, um, like then I'll start throwing good. them in there.
1: Yeah, but I'm still, you know, the season's so long, dude. It's so hard to just, like, you can say someone's like champions. Like, I mean, Everton, what, like two years ago, were like in the race for top four, and then, you know, they finished outside of like almost top 10. So, you know, we've got a long way to go. But I think – I mean, Liverpool good, Bournemouth bad. I think we all know
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, we can move on to City 4, Palace 2. This one –
1: This was nuts.
0: This one was a crazy game because Palace came out. They had a 2-0 lead, and I think they made it 3 before that disallowed goal. Um, I'm not sure if I have the timing all correct there.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: I want to say, yeah, they had that – like he nicked it out of Ederson's hands, and it was 3-0, and I was just thinking, wow, like – this season's crazy, and then Erling Holland is Erling Holland, scores a hat trick, save city. Yeah. Um, one thing about them, they don't always play that great, like they're not consistently phenomenal, but they fight so hard. Like, they this is something that I haven't really seen from any team other than Liverpool in that uh title winning season where they go down, you can be down 2 0 and still think you're gonna win, like,
1: yeah,
0: it's just um. It's just that little bit of, like, champions quality that they have. And and obviously Pep Guardiola being the manager is going to help that a ton. Yeah. Um, all in all, just further proof that they are currently favorites for the champions or for they, number they one at me right now. Yeah. Um, but Palace did look good for a while there. They, they really did. They so, have a lot yeah. of talent. They, they're um, not a team I think many teams want to face right now. Um, you know, a few injuries could change that. They do have some injury-prone players, but uh, did you have anything to go into for this game?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I think just the biggest thing is, is that, like, recently, just the last two games, like, I think it's just something to, like, look at and, like, keep an eye on. But, like, same thing with Liverpool, too, is it's, like, they go down so early and so easily to, like, and, like, both goals were set pieces. Like, just simple, like, just marking. And I, I know the first one was an own goal, but, and like, that was more so like just great ball placement, but Joaquin Anderson was wide open. There was no one even by him when he scored yeah. better, um, the second one. And I, and he needs to be, have some respect thrown on his name. Like he is quite honestly, a just absolute battler. Like that whole defense. I mean, Patrick Vieira needs to be just like, deserves a round of applause for getting this team as like, good as they are i mean they haven't gotten the results sadly but the, this team plays so well um just together and just as one uh but I, yeah again it's it's he had him set up def, like defensively against um like city and you just can't do that for a full 90 minutes it, it's just too hard and he like he's he brought in two defenders like to kind of sit back and then the next thing you know, they slot past like two and now he's got to bring on, you know, offensive players to try and get another goal. And it's too late.
0: Yeah. Just unbalanced at that point.
1: Yeah. And so it was, you know, it's just, it's so hard to, to stop city from scoring And Erling Holland. I mean the first of many hat tricks, he's going to be scoring the premier league. He is just that good. He's a machine around the best creator I've ever watched and Kevin De Bruyne, And, like, it's just – he's with the probably the best manager I've ever witnessed in Pep. I mean, it's just, like, a match made in heaven for him.
0: Yeah.
1: It's going to be a really long season for whoever has to play Palace, you know, week in and week out.
0: Yeah, Um, scary scenes for the rest of the Um, Prem. Just a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about in uh, that game. But I think we covered it all pretty well there.
1: Yeah, no, I I think just one last thing is that – like, this was – I just, like, I get so concerned with the teams that go down so early because it just comes back later in the season just to bite them in the ass. And, like, yeah see, like, Ake, like, played a, like, he plays, like, actually a pretty crucial role in that defense. And, like, you saw John Stones and Diaz the other day. Like, they're just – like, they're just not marking the big bodies and, and not, like, solidifying – like, there's just – there is holes in these big – big sides and like as the season goes on the smaller sides are going to see like those holes yeah you're going to lose a game that they really need to win to get like the title race going and it's going to be just absolute madness so just something to keep an eye on with these big teams like liverpool and city like just going down too early because they think it's so easy to get back but there's going to be some games where they're just off completely
0: yeah yeah, that's fair. Or maybe they come against a team who gets up 2 0 and doesn't sit back and, and you know, grabs yeah, a third, a fourth. Like yeah. I think we saw that a couple years back with Norwich. You remember that Norwich 3 City 2 game? Like, yeah. they got up two and then they went for the third, and that, that puts the nail in the coffin. Definitely yeah. something to look out for. And,
1: like, I mean, just like even last week, I mean, like they got complacent and let Newcastle just run all over them. It, it's just just something to really just keep your eye on. But I, I'm, I'm good with that now.
0: Definitely, yeah. Uh, we can move on to Arsenal 2, Fulham 1. I think uh, we really we were talking about this game before it started, and we both were like, this is not going to be an easy game for Arsenal just because Mitrovic will probably get a goal, and we were spot on there. Um, <clears throat> not an easy game for Arsenal whatsoever. Fulham are, are a surprisingly tough opponent for most teams they've come up against this season, um, especially for a team who I thought would just be instantly back down. They have a lot of physicality. A lot of fight. Japulinia in the middle of the field has been uh, a sleeper summer signing. Definitely. Uh, Mitrovic seems like he's finally ready to take the prem by storm. But Arsenal once again proving that they're not the same team they were the last few seasons. They they go down and then they come back. You don't really. I can't really remember too many times that they actually did that the last few seasons. Like showed that much fight, that much tenacity. Uh, Gabriel redeemed himself there for yeah. the goal for the winner. Uh, what did you see in this game?
1: Um, I, I didn't get the chance to watch it. Um, sadly, I had a, a little uh, little work, um, just a little work going on, so I had to leave. But um, I, I was I was happy to see that Arsenal like fought back, and it it just shows even more now that this is just not the same Arsenal team. Not to say that it won't happen again, but. For them to, like, keep pushing on the whole game and just nothing, like, attempt after attempt after attempt, just, like, you know, Fulham were playing very good defensively. And, I mean, we slated Tim Ream, but, like, he's a captain of that side and he's, like, he's still just, you know, playing to the fullest potential that he has and he's playing pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, Gabrielle, like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, like, Gabrielle's fault because – you never play across your box. And so I think it was – it was playing – I think Ben White, sh- like, shipped it across. But, like, he had three touches to try and get the ball out under his feet, and he still couldn't get it. And Mitrovic just overpowered him and got the ball off him. But you just see the fight in this side now, and Odegaard getting the goal, and then Gabby to just, like, you know, finish off the game. It, it was just – it was awesome to see, and it, it just makes me, like – I'm finally like proud to be like an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After so many years of just being like spineless. It overall just it was Arsenal domination, but the scoreline didn't really reflect that as far as like possession and and created chances. And that's exactly how Fulham are probably gonna play against these bigger sides. They're just gonna try and defend and then have Mitrovic just bully whoever's in the back line.
0: Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Good scenes here at the Emirates. I mean, we were talking about it. A few more wins. You got to start throwing their name in, in and around, you know, a little bit of a race, which not many people would have called going into the season. But it's about sustainability. It's about consistency. Uh, 38-game season. So far, Arsenal have been perfect uh, in terms of wins. They've got all the wins they can. And they've shown they can win in a lot of different ways. You know, comeback wins. They've dominated teams. They played on the back foot at times. So all things that are good signs for the future for them.
1: Definitely.
0: I think that'll do for that game. We can move on to the Sunday slate uh, that just finished up here. I think, yeah, the, the Spurs game just finished up.
1: Yeah, 2-0 Spurs.
0: We can talk about Villa-West Ham, two teams really, really struggling for form. Both needed a result super bad. West Ham ended up being the one to get the result, winning 1-0. Late winner, but genuinely both teams just look off off of it right now. Villa, Steven Gerrard, got to be in and around the shots for first manager sacked if they keep up these performances. Um, West Ham, I think they're linked to that Paqueta guy. Really good signing if they get that through the door. They've made some good business this summer. I think with West Ham, it's more of just a case of, you know, getting these people betted in, getting some consistency, some form. They'll be back to top half form, in my opinion, pretty soon. Yeah. With Villa, though, there's some systematic things that I really worry about. I don't think the system that they play fits the team at all very well. I don't think Steven Gerrard knows his best 11. Um, I think all the signings they brought in, maybe weren't made with the most, you know, forward-thinking type mindset. You know, how can we fit these guys into the team? Maybe it was more of a just we need quality all across the pitch, so let's bring these dudes in. Yeah. Obviously, Diego Carlos, massive, massive loss for them. He was probably meant to be their anchor. You know, that dude in the back line, he's not going to be there for a long, long time, right? His injury is pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I think um, it was Achilles tear. So it's either, either, it was either knee or Achilles, which is just six months minimum.
0: Yeah, so not good scenes for Villa there. Um, I'm not super confident that they'll turn it around either any soon.
1: No, I think – I've heard just multiple people talk about it. Like, they just don't have, like, a consistent system that they play like and a consistent starting 11 that just can go in and, you know, get a result. And, like, quite honestly, I was watching this game earlier this morning and, and West Ham looked horrible. West Ham yeah. god-awful. Like, Declan Rice, he looked like a man out of pace. Like, he looked like he was – you know, it was like schoolboy ball. He was just kicking the ball out. He couldn't pass, like getting together. Like it just defensively, he was all over the place and like West, but like Villa still just never really looked to like be like the big threat. And then you you see the difference there at halftime where, you know, Gerard really, I think he's just missing some aspects that he just needs to learn. Whereas David Moyes just like as an experienced manager, got his team together and, you know, got a result away from home. I mean, a big win. This was uh, this was my bet of the week, honestly. West Ham over uh, Villa. Yeah, and I I smashed it. And I was smashed like, it, there. Yeah, lock it in, brother. And I'm three for three, dude, in the last three weeks. So I'm feeling good on my on my bet so far for the definite locks. But uh, I don't know next week. But um, next
0: week's a tough one.
1: Yeah, but um, no. Other than that, like we saw Skamaka um, this week, his first Premier League start. He looked solid on the ball. Like I, I really like what I saw from him mm-hmm. um, didn't get a whole lot of um, touches on the ball. But when he did, he looked solid. I, I'm really looking forward to what he can like bring to West Ham. Um, but just one more small thing, like West Ham looks so slow in the midfield. Like it just, it's not enough when you have just Pablo analysis, you're like big pacey, like midfielder. Like I, I mean, what is it? Sue and, and Declan rice just are so they're just like, like loopy. Like, they're just like so big. They, it's hard for them to kind of move. Yeah. Um, and I, I just like that midfield, like they're going to get picked apart a lot of games. Um, it just, this game, they just, I think they lined up really well against Villa and Villa are in some serious trouble. if They can't pull it around.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We can move on to Wolves one, Newcastle one. Um, All in all, just pretty much expected, I would say. Wolves, you know what they're going to do when they line up against you. You know it's not going to be easy to score on them. Newcastle have looked really solid, but there's still a fair amount of question marks, in my opinion, surrounding uh, that team, just where they're going to end up. That's now three draws on the season. To be fair, one of them was the – was the new cat, uh, the Man City draw, which, yeah. um, is a good result, obviously. But mm-hmm. just all in all, uh, St. Maximin saved him in the end.
1: Yeah,
0: the crazy they didn't really, no, it's... yeah, he's he's playing off off his rocker this season. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's really
0: like, yeah, all in all, they were definitely the better team, in my opinion. Um, but you can say that almost every game for Wolves, it feels like, like they're never really the better team, but they get results like this quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Just going into next week, I'm really not sure what Newcastle is going to show up. Uh, We'll get back, or we'll get into that when we start talking about next week's fixtures. But um, all in all, I'm not super sold on what I've seen from them completely just because I've seen the lowest of the lows and then the highest of the highs. But if you have anything to add for this game.
1: No, I I didn't watch this one this morning. Um, Honestly, I thought Newcastle would have come out with a little bit more fire. I mean, just especially after, like, letting that city game go. I thought that they would want to come out here and really just dominate. And I mean, Wolves again, I mean, just kind of boring ball, just sitting back. And I think that's why they brought in Isaac. Isaac can, I think, kind of, you know, make a difference there when they're, you know, a team sitting back super good defensively, like just, you know, a small touch in the box and like a a small little one, two. And, you know, they, they could be winning this game, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think this will be one of those games that they wish they did perform a little bit better just because when we get into the later parts of the season, it definitely feels like Brighton's going to be up there with them. I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham turned around and are up there with them exactly. uh, competing for that seventh spot because it is a big step for any club. you know, Breaking into the top seven, getting a uh, conference league ball, especially for Newcastle when you think about the signings they've made. I think that opens up a whole new, you know, slate of players that they can pick from uh, if they can be like, look, we're in Europe, even if it's the lowest of the low European competitions. Yeah. Definitely. Still a big step. But
1: yeah. and if you win it, you get into Europe. So like, you know, Europa League or yeah. Yeah, Europa League. So, yeah,
0: big step. I think that covers it for that game. Uh, we yeah. can go into the Spurs to Forest Mill. Just finished up. Um some prime Antonio Conte terrorism ball <laughs> for the first half that I watched or for the game, the part of the game that I watched, I didn't see Harry Kane's second goal, but I mean, just sometimes they, they look so rancid, but it looks like they, they, um, they turn it around. They did get the penalty call. So expected goals is going to look a little bit better for them, Yeah. but halftime, I mean, forest were, I wouldn't say they were a lot better, but they were the better team in my opinion, the first half, and spurs i don't know that's just how conte plays and he's going to get results like this against the smaller teams every time basically but when they come up against the bigger guys it's going to be tougher
1: yeah it's just like you'll watch the game and you're like this team was like so much better and because like when you see a team have a ball and have all those shots like that team looks better like and that's what it's going to be every single time but like the system that spurs play like it's going to get them results and you know, you, like, you could easily think that Forrest – this is a winnable game for Forrest just based on how Spurs play. But, like, to have a clean sheet after giving up, like, 20-some-odd shots against Forrest, like, it looks horrible statistically. But that's a clean sheet and a win, like, you know, away from home, which are hard to come by, like, these days. So, yeah, like, you know, hats off to Spurs. But, you know, for the next – you know, year and a half when he's there until he, you know, finally capitulates this side. <laughs> yeah. I'll be hating every single moment I watch this team. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm with you there. So, I think even some Tottenham fans are with you there, but if he brings the goods, brings the trophy. Yeah, no,
1: if, if they win a trophy with him, I mean, he'll be idolized for forever. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: Let's just – uh. Not
0: hope for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Um, we can move into our hot takes. I already mentioned mine from last week. Um, we'll just cover our last week's hot takes. Then we'll go into week five, talk about those games, and then we'll go into our week five hot takes. But last week, I said Liverpool are going to put six past Bournemouth and Palace are going to beat City. I was right on one of them. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, I got a hit on that one. I just had a feeling. I don't know why. But then uh, I was wrong in the Palace they did lose that but i don't know man if that that was that cool. third goal didn't get disallowed i don't know
1: yeah i was i was a little like suspicious on that one i was surprised i was surprised that it like was called back but at the same time i was like he kind of just like he saw him right there the whole time like he he should have known better but then again it's like just based on the rules and stuff it easily could have been three nil like if it was a different ref
0: yeah um, no I, I think
1: overall like you know that's awesome i mean you can consider that a hit. Putting past like six, nonetheless, is like super hard. But nine, I mean, right. who could predict that?
0: Right, I mean, right. I was. Well, what were your hot takes again?
1: Mine were Spurs were going to drop points, which um, did not happen. Um, and I don't think this was. It wasn't really a hot take, but it was. United would be tested against Southampton, but they'd still pull off a win, which is exactly what happened. I mean, yeah, spot on there. Really, like we're on the front foot in the last ten minutes, and and really could have, you know. Made that game, you know, just a draw for them, which still I think would have been a half decent result away from home. But, um, you know, I was, I hit it, but wasn't necessarily the hottest take I've ever came up with. I think this week I have some hotter takes.
0: All right. We're about it. Um, Speaking of that, we can just hop into this week. We got some midweek games to talk about. Unfortunately, we got midweek fixtures. Yeah,
1: Um, these suck, dude.
0: Not my favorite. Uh, I'm going to try my best to catch a good amount of them. Uh, We can go straight into Palace Brentford. This one to me just has draw written all over it. I think uh, I honestly kind of want to watch this game. I, I like both these teams. I think they're both entertaining. Uh, one I'm definitely looking out for. What do you see here? I see a two-two.
1: Yeah, I think this is the game game of the day. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't really do a game of the week. I do like I like games during the day because like this is the one that you should probably have on. This game should be very good. You got two bullish teams going up against one another. Palace are. Quite honestly, like they're in the form, like they're in the form of their lives, but they're just not getting the results that they need. I expect the Palace win here, honestly. I think Palace, you know, show their quality. I think they have more quality than Brentford. And I think it's a 2 0 win for Palace, quite honestly. I mean, they're at home. Brentford have kind of looked lackluster, but then again, Brentford could come in this game and, you know, just absolutely dominate. But I just don't see it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good shout uh moving on to fulham brighton to me this is just another one where brighton are going to show up and do their thing i think uh fulham might make it a little tougher i think uh, honestly just Mitrovic feels like he'll score like a scrappy goal in basically every game and that's obviously not going to happen but i'm calling a fulham one brighton two i think brighton get the result
1: okay i'm right with you there i just got a different scoreline i got brighton one fulham i think brighton are just going to Rack up all these one-nil victories over these like smaller sides, I guess you'd say. Yeah. But like it just, I don't know. I, I'm not in like, I'm not in love with like predicting that because again, dude, you're exactly right. Like <laughs> Mitrovic, anytime he's on the pitch, like there, he's gonna have one moment and it, it, he might just slot it home. He's that good. Yeah. So, and, and he's in I, that
0: kind of form too. I was
1: underestimating Mitrovic coming in. I mean, I've just seen him two years in the prem already and he's just never really proven anything. But he has just proven me completely wrong. I mean, he's already slotted, what, four so far this season? I mean, Yeah, he could just
0: hard. be a little bit of a late bloomer.
1: True, true. Yeah, no, true. And, like, I mean, could be, like, a half season, like, one or two. I mean, he could hit a stint where he's not scoring. But as of right now, it's hard to bet against him, but I am. Team
0: vibes right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: we got a uh, we got southampton chelsea here i think chelsea will get the win i think it'll be 2-0 um i have liked moments of what i've seen from southampton this season i think the la Villa guy the new center mid they sign is oh, yeah. super He's, good he looks solid yeah the aribo signing seems like it'll turn out pretty well gives him some goals from midfield um just, I just think Chelsea will, will win this game. I don't think they'll necessarily dominate, but they'll get the result.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's my uh, first hot take of the week, dude. I got Chelsea dropping points away um, to Southampton, the Saints. I just – watching watching them – what was it, yesterday? I, I When they played United, like they, they have moments where they look super solid and like their back line – I know it still has some question marks, but Chelsea has also kind of been – you know, not looking on like, you know, on pace right now. Um, I think Southampton, you know, it being a home game, I think they can get a draw. I think it'll be two two.
0: All right. Yeah, we're about that. I like that just because Southampton just do have those players that feel like they can pop up and, and get you a goal like whenever like like that Joe Aribo goal he scored a couple games back where he was just dancing in the box for too long, like <laughs> yeah. around all those players. He might do something like that again, make them look silly uh I like that take though we can say we can move on to Leeds Everton um I got Leeds three Everton nil. I don't think this is a hot take at this point um yeah I just like what I've seen from Leeds a lot and I haven't liked what I've seen from Everton I think at home Leeds are just gonna are gonna dominate more or less they're gonna get an early goal um I don't think Everton are gonna find a way back in it I just don't see who scores on Everton right now yeah. Um, I think Calvert Lewin will be back in a couple weeks, which will help them a lot. Obviously, you know their best player being back is going to help them. But I think Leeds comfortably three nil. All
1: right, I'm not. I, I'm not with you there. I do like where Leeds are at. Um, I just I don't know if Bamford doesn't play. I'm trying to see. I mean, Rodrigo's been on fire too. Maybe I'm maybe I'm underestimating Leeds. But I got them drawing at home. I think it's just I don't know. Everton have been back and forth not necessarily leads have been back and forth but i don't know just some players on everton i still believe in a little bit so i think it'd be a draw one one
0: all right i see where you're coming from there honestly not i don't know Is three nil a hot take in your opinion
1: i don't think so i mean like because i think chelsea had an off day when they lost three nil and you know that happens to teams sometimes but I, I do love what's going on at Leeds. I think that they, they are more than capable of beating anyone in the Prem on any day. It's just, like, they're so young, and, like, the expectations weren't very high. So, like, they have, they're, they're, they have nothing to lose. But at the same time, like, they're just – a lot of their, like, big players are under 24 and have yeah. zero, like, you know, Prem experience, you know. With yeah, that is true. I think he just is 24. And then you have Tyler Adams, like two two of your central midfielders, just super young. Whereas like this Everton team has been playing in the Prem for you know years. <laughs> Bless you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. I, I see where you're coming from. I just see, I don't know why. I'm I'm envisioning a Leeds domination here.
1: Yeah, no, hey, I, I can, I we'll get behind yeah, it. Yeah, right with you. I I just I just see it a little different.
0: All right, we got Arsenal versus Villa to start us off on Wednesday. I. I have a 2 0 no win for Arsenal, but honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking this could get ugly, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't really see Villa bouncing back on this game. They're, they're going to have a bounce back game eventually just because of their quality. But the way Arsenal have been setting up, they've been super solid. They have a good structure, you know, with Ben White uh, floating like right back, weird back three kind of role, and then Sinchenko joining the midfield. I don't see any reason why they would change up their system midweek. Uh, we might see, you know, a little bit of rotation here this, this game week just because um, we got Europe starting pretty soon here, a lot of European games. But I just see Arsenal comfortable win, I think 2-0. Uh,
1: I'm right with you, dude. I think this could be borderline Arsenal domination. I hate where Villa's at right now, and I think that with just the all the question marks right now like surrounding around Villa and Arsenal just – you know, firing it on cylinders. Like I still think Villa can grab a goal, but I have three one right now. I just think it's going to be, you know, it's at the Emirates. It's just going to be a bad day for them.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good shout. We can go on to Bournemouth one, Wolves two. A uh, pretty sleeper game. I'm going to go with two one to Wolves. Uh, Bournemouth obviously coming off that nine nil. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond. I don't think they're going to get a result here against wolves though i think it'll be 2-1
1: i think that this is gonna be a super boring game and i think no one's gonna score i have a draw (laughs) i mean a no no draw huh i i like i'm starting to like see a pattern that like generally the home team usually gets a result um as like i don't know i've just been doing more research on like football betting and stuff and like it's just I, I like, just – I try not to look at the game that way as just, like, politically. But, like, I don't know. Bournemouth are horrible, but I don't love what Wolves necessarily have at the moment. But this could easily be also just, like, Wolves' domination. Like, I really like their midfield now with Matthias Nunes. Yeah. Like, you know, Raul Jimenez, like, seems to be kind of getting his, like, pace back and looking solid. But I could see this game just being super boring, two defensive sides just – like just duking it out for who can see who can get the less shots on goal or whatever. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, boring one for sure. What was you said? Nil nil. Yeah. All right. That's one to look out for. Honestly, I feel like nil nil would be a good bet almost. Like, I feel like that's not a super common scoreline. But right. either way, we got city versus forest. This one I spent a good amount of time thinking about because I don't know, just the way forest set up the way they play i feel like they're almost a decent matchup for city but the more i thought about it the more i realized city's going to win um <laughs> i have city 4 i think forest will get a goal though so i have yeah. city 4 forest 1
1: i have i have pretty much the same exact thing i have 5 1 city i don't have you got any, a, i just think it's going to be just a bloodbath so
0: oh yeah 5 1 all right sorry my mom was calling me. um we got West Ham Spurs up next. I think this would be my hottest take of the week. I think West Ham win here. I think it's 2-1. Wow. I think at home, I think this is the game where they kind of bounce back onto form. Um okay. I think just the quality they have. You were Slayton Declan Rice a little bit earlier. I still think he's one of the better center oh, mids
1: no. in the he, he definitely is. He just had yeah. a horrible start to like – Just bad form. Yeah. I think he just had a really bad first half. He did turn it up in the second half, but –
0: and, and I just sports. I think this is the type of game where Conte isn't necessarily the best equipped for it because West Ham don't really want the ball that much like
1: yeah like
0: Spurs will be trying to give them possession but I feel like I feel like the way that West Ham play it's almost going to be like Spurs are going to have to be the ball dominant side yeah. and from what I've seen from them this season that's not when they're necessarily the best like. Yeah. They like when teams are countering, counterattacking them just because they can counter back. Yeah. But uh, I just see this as an opportunity for West Ham to bounce back and Spurs to slip up just a little bit. So I got 2-1.
1: I haven't had any reason to think Spurs wouldn't win this game. And I've thought of all the reasons why West Ham would lose this game. So um, I know West Ham are at home. They finally got their first win. But they still just like that first half performance is not going to be it for me. Like when you're going up against Spurs. You know, so I got 3-1 Spurs. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to – like, I think it'll be close. Like, the game will be close, like, played. But I don't think the goal – like, the scoreline will reflect that. I think it'll be 3-1. All
0: right, right on. Uh, we got Newcastle versus Liverpool. This is one to watch out for, for sure. I think this one could get crazy. Um it's tough to say, though, because it depends on what Newcastle shows up, and it depends even more on which Liverpool team shows up. If they take that 9-0 this week and, and bring it forward, and, and they actually are a little bit reinvigorated, um, I think they'll get the win. I have a 3-2 win to Liverpool. I think it'll be an insane game. Wow. And then my hot take is that um, Darwin Nunez hat-trick on his first week back <laughs> after red card ban.
1: What a crazy – that would be a
0: madness. First I first think – I don't know. That I do just game. feel like he's the type of dude – he knows what he did was stupid, and I think Klopp probably had to talk with him. And I think he's just going to come back with some, with some passion.
1: Absolute fire. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't him. think Firmino starts in this game. I think he's got a lot of minutes under his legs for – for someone his age, and I think yeah. I think Nunez just gets straight up thrown back into it against no, one would, of the better, informed no, teams in the league.
1: That would be sick. No, that that would be a madness. But this is also my hot take of the week, and um, sorry to say, man, but it's on the opposite end. I think Newcastle get a win here. I know going to Anfield is never easy, but uh, I mean that midfield. I honestly like right now if I had to choose between Liverpool starting midfield and Newcastle starting midfield, I'd, I think I'd, I'd slide Newcastle midfield just based on form as of late.
0: Yeah, no, I get so it.
1: I like, I think that Newcastle, like the form they're in is just mad. And I, I love what they're doing. I love what Eddie Howe doing. And I, I think just an upset alert is, is on the cards for this, uh, this next week. So, um, I don't think I'd, I'm not putting any money towards this game. I'm gonna stay far away from this. As possible.
0: Yeah, this one's a tough one to no, call for sure.
1: Um, I I just like what Newcastle's doing right now, so that, it's just you know what what's a hot take without it being a little controversial, right? So yeah, that's um, fair. Two one Newcastle.
0: One of those games that could easily go either way. Um, I will say I don't think Newcastle are the team to break Virgil van Dyke's record of never losing at Anfield in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I will say this game does scare me a little bit, like you said, for the midfield. Um, Gimarez did not play today. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know why he didn't. I don't know if he's injured or what. But if he's injured, I'm taking Liverpool's midfield. But if he's not, I'm taking Newcastle's midfield. Yeah, That's how I see it. Um, We can move on to our final game here. We got Leicester versus United. I think two teams that would really, really love a result from this game just to solidify things. Um, Tough to call for me. I think United win this one, though, 2-1. What do you think?
1: Um, I think – I mean, I'm going with a draw. I just think that it's going to be a really like – it'll be an interesting game, but I just think that Leicester will still not get the results they need. But a draw at home, I mean, not that it's a great result, but against United, I mean – the name always sounds good when you get a draw against them, right? So I just – I don't know. I don't love this game. I don't hate this game. I just I, – I, I personally just didn't care about this game. I don't I don't like where Leicester's at. I don't like where United's at. But, you know, if they still have Fofana in the starting lineup, which I doubt they will. But I don't know. I just – I didn't really know where to go with this game. So I said, well, yeah. usually, like, if I don't know what the hell to do with it, 1-1 one, one draw is usually the answer.
0: Yeah, I just I really don't like where Leicester is right now. And and then you mentioned it. Fafana could be gone. I just I'm not super high on him right now. I think United uh, are going to be desperate to find a little bit of consistency. And I think they're going to come out trying to win this game just because they know they can beat Leicester. I think anyone could at this point. But That'll do it for our uh, Match Week 5 little review. Uh, if you want to go over your hot take one more time, I would love to hear it.
1: Yeah, no, um, I have Liverpool losing at home to Newcastle, and Chelsea drops some points to Southampton. Um, I got a 2-2 draw there.
0: All right, for me, I have West Ham beating Spurs to get their season going, and I have Darwin Nunez first game back after a red card ban, Hattie. bagging a little Hattie.
1: Dude, that would be absolutely insane.
0: Um, but I think that'll just about do it for us here at No Ball Football or No Ball Podcast. Yeah, we can see uh, our this own was football
1: club. Dude. Yeah, might. this
0: this was FIFA 23 Career Mode idea. <laughs> this was episode 13, season two. Um, I had a blast recording it. I hope you guys had a blast listening to it. I'm gonna go ahead and send it over to Ben for our goodbyes.
1: Hey, definitely. Hey, this is No Ball Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Scott. Hey, we'll see you around.
0: See you around, y'all. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of No Ball Podcast. Ben and I would like to thank you for your support and invite you to follow us on Twitter and TikTok at No Ball Pod to give us feedback and send in suggestions. Catch you around.